Good morning to all who are watching. Um, we are honored that you would join us here for, uh, in the building or if you're watching. And uh, uh, Alan and Steve, great jobs in preparation. My name is Scott Dunphy, and uh, I am one of the many elders serving this congregation this morning. Um, uh, it's been placed on my heart, and before we get going, uh, I just want to reach out to two special people this morning. Uh, it's funny how the Lord works as all the people, but I just wanted to say to Peggy, if you're watching, uh, we are praying for you. Uh, we are uh, excited in the fact that soon you will be here and your smiley, bubbly face will be walking down these aisles, uh, and just know that we are with you as you go through this. And Stephanie, uh, I just want to say it was so good to see you and spend some time with you and Carl. Uh, and that we also, uh, as you continue to improve, look for the day, long for the day, when we see your face walking down one of these aisles and can join us together. We're praying for you, we love you, and we miss you. Um, so let me pray uh, before I start, and uh, then we'll get going on today's message, okay? Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you would seal this building, Lord, now, that you would drive any and all distractions from the hearts and the minds of these people who have come and those who are watching, that your spirit would flow out of your word over these people, that decisions would be made today, Lord, uh, that would change lives, that would move people forward in faith, that would bring honor and glory to you, that we might be able to fulfill the Great Commission. You made it clear to us and so we just thank you for what you've done, for what you will do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So a couple of months ago I had the honor, and this is an honor, an opportunity to speak. And I spent some time in Matthew talking about the second coming of Christ. What does the Bible say uh, that we should be watching for? What signs are out there? And then when Christ comes, what happens right after that? Um, and we spent all of the time. And so today, uh, we're going to spend a, a deep dive, uh, and we're going to go and look at grace, as Steve so eloquently began my sermon. Thank you. Um, but we're going to look at grace, and we're going to look at works, and we're going to understand the differentiation between those two and how they're doctrinally very important. And so I have a question for you. Good. We're up and running. Uh, I have a question for you, actually two questions for you. Uh, and that is, are we going to be judged by grace? And are we going to be judged by our works? And the answer to that, scripturally, is yes. Um, and so as we begin this process, let's be very clear, as Steve started down, by grace we are saved. Uh, we're going to look at some scriptures, there's many scriptures, but by grace we are saved, it is a gift. It is a gift. By works, we will be judged. So grace deals with our faith and the decision, do I accept Jesus Christ? You see, God reveals himself to every person on this earth. He reveals himself, and we have a decision to make. Do we believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God or not? And that mechanism, that decision-making process triggers our salvation or not. But by work, we are judged, and I'm going to bring all kinds of Scripture up. And please remember, I didn't write any of this. I'm just a messenger, okay? 
And so grace deals with our faith, where we'll spend eternity, and you'll see scripturally, works deals with our behavior and how we will spend eternity. And we'll show you that. Okay? Uh, and there's clearly two paths. Christ himself spoke more about hell than heaven because he didn't want anybody to be rejected. So, let's look at a couple of scriptures that speak to the issue of grace. Well, you're doing a great job. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. And there's many. I just picked these two. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, and that was you. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, spend eternity in hell rejected in a way, but will have everlasting life, which is life with him and with the saints. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it's by grace you are saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God so that no man may boast. Uh, One of the examples that helped me as I was coming through this is every Christmas morning I would get up and I'd go downstairs and there were gifts. And I could accept those and tear that package open or I could reject it. But it is a gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot buy it. You cannot do enough work. Okay? And so my first question for you today is do you know him? Have you accepted the grace of Jesus Christ into your life. One of the most important, the most important decisions you will make as as you uh, walk this earth. Now, let's look at works and begin to better understand how God will hold us accountable because God is a just God. God never changes. His word is the same and it will always be the same. And so Paul now is talking to the saints. Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 3 10, 14. And he's talking about, by the grace of God given to me, he accepted that grace. As a wise builder, I have laid the foundation. He's done his work. He's laid the foundation and another built on it. But let everyone take heed or pay attention how he builds upon it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so now listen as we begin to open up this doctrine. And whether anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, his work will be seen for what it is. You see, God knows our heart. He knows everything about us. And he knows our heart. Listen now. For the day, which is judgment day, which we'll speak to and show you some scriptures, it will reveal it. And it will be shown in fire. And the fire shall try every person's work. Every person's work. What it is. If someone has built, if what someone has built remains, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work burns, he will suffer loss. But, the, but he will be saved himself. Nevertheless, yet it were through fire. And so the Lord records and knows everything about us. And he's waiting and willing and wants to reward us for following his word. Okay? So, as we begin to dig deeper, our faith determines where we will spend eternity, heaven or hell. Our behavior determines how we will spend eternity. 
And I wish, I'd a, I wish somebody would have taught this to me years ago because I, I really didn't begin to understand this concept uh, until a little bit later in life, and perhaps that's my maturity level. Okay? Um, but there, at times, seems to be this fantasy about heaven and how we will spend our time in heaven. And it seems as if some people believe once we arrive in heaven... The judgment has taken place and we're placed on that we all get the same comfort fit cloud. And it's perfectly around us and we get our harp and we go off into eternity for millions and millions of years floating on our cloud enjoying our harp. And that is absolutely not true. Heaven is going to be beautiful. It's going to be complex. It's going to be cities. We'll show you some scripture to validate that. Um, Now, on the same token based on the concept that God is a just God, hell will be a perfect place. And so I have another question for you this morning. Uh, I spent 45 years in American manufacturing, and the vast majority of American manufacturers, the companies I worked for and the companies that we did business with, were so short-sighted. They thought of today, how do we cut costs? And how Do we build profits today? What do we have to do? It was very short-sighted. A lot of people I know, not being judgmental, are very short-sighted. And so if you were to live on this earth for 80 years, which is a long time, I believe it's biblically a little longer than what the Bible says, but if you were to live 80 years on this earth, fast forward, if you've accepted Jesus Christ to heaven, and think about how you'll spend the next 80 million years. And think about those people you know in your family, your neighbors, your colleagues, who will spend 80 million years in hell if we don't reach and evangelize. And you see, you are the church of Jesus Christ. You are the church of Jesus Christ. I am the church of Jesus Christ. So how you live out this life matters. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not speaking to the issue of, I am going to do so much on this earth, so I'm going to be one of the greatest towers in heaven. I'm more concerned with this. First of all, God gave us his son, and we killed him. He's given you talent and time and money and energy And his word, we have his word, and he will hold us accountable for what we do with it. How are you doing in fulfilling the Great Commission this morning? What are you doing with it? It burdens me because there's people in my family who this morning do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It burdens me that there are friends that I know. There are colleagues that I had. And a minister once told me, uh, I heard him speak, and he said, if you were driving home after church today and your next-door neighbor's house was on fire and you heard people screaming, would you stop and help them? Of course you would. And yet our neighbors, some of our friends, some of our colleagues are on their way to hell. Will you stop and help them? 
So let's switch now because this is doctrine. This is what God is telling us throughout the New Testament, throughout the Bible, that there is a day of judgment coming. That's why Christ was so concerned and spent so much time preaching. So let's just look at a few verses that tell you what's coming. Okay? Tell me what's coming. So, 2 Peter 9. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And listen, and to reserve the unjust. Okay? Um, Perhaps you're going to New York someday, and you've made a reservation at a nice restaurant. The Lord has a reservation for judgment, and it's coming. And the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. 2 Peter 3, 7. But the heavens and earth which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And perdition means utter destruction. Let me read that again. But the heavens and earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire. It's going to burn until the day of judgment and perdition, the utter destruction of ungodly men. Do you know any ungodly men? I do. Matthew 12, 36, 37 says, But I say to you, every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, or by your word you will be condemned. Hebrews 9, 27, It is appointed unto men to die once, but after this, judgment. And God knows our hearts. And he'll hold us accountable for what we've done and let us do what the Great Commission tells us to do. And we'll look at that in a minute. So, again, let's talk about what the Bible says about the judgments. There will be two judgments, two separate judgments. And the saints will be judged first. The judgment seat of Christ is what is talked about. So every person at the judgment seat of Christ is saved, they have accepted the grace, their name is in the book of life. So if we're saved, and our name is in the book of life, why is there a judgment? What judgment upon the saints? And I'm going to tell you the story of two men to help illustrate this. So there were two men in college, both studying business. One decided he wanted to be a doctor and was accepted at medical school. The other went on uh, just to be a businessman. And as both of these men went through their lives, they both found, accepted Christ as their Savior. And one had become a garbage truck driver. Spent his whole career driving garbage trucks. He came to church on Sunday. He'd accepted Christ. Really didn't get active, didn't pursue, didn't teach. But yet, he accepted Christ and was saved. The other became a very successful businessman, grew a multi-million dollar business, and God called him to missions. He said, leave that tower, come down, and go fulfill the Great Commission. And he did. Sold everything, became a missionary, spent his whole life in Africa and all over third world countries, evangelizing and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they stand on Judgment Day... God is a just God. Do you think for a second? The second judgment is the great white throne judgment. 
And every person at the great white throne is headed to hell. They have not uh, willingly rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior. They have rejected Jesus Christ. I will not accept that. He is not God. And you can see it throughout the world, and it seems to be intensifying. And so now I want to tell you a story about two men. Um, Again, one was a successful businessman, lived a very good life, had a family, had children, took care of his family and his people, but he rejected the thought of Jesus Christ and God. And then there was Adolf Hitler. Man responsible for slaughtering six million Jews plus untold hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And on Judgment Day, do you think that will be equally? You see, what we do on this earth matters and determines where and how we spend eternity. And again, I want to pound this into your head. When we have been there 80 million years... They will have no hope. Members of our families, our neighbors, our colleagues, they will have no hope. We're called to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me share a couple other scriptures with you. So now let's look at what does God say? What does Jesus say? How important is our life and our works? Has nothing to do with our salvation now. That's already sealed. We've talked about that. Now let's talk about our works. And what does the Bible say to us about our works? And again, I didn't write this. I am totally convicted by this. But I didn't write this. So um, Ecclesiastes, and I always mess that word up, but Ecclesiastes 12, 14. Please listen to this. For God will bring every work. Can you say every work? Can you say every, every work into judgment, including every seeking, every secret thing, whether good or evil, he will bring every single work in our life forward, and it'll be revealed, and will be rewarded or not. Revelation twenty thirteen, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged each. Can you say each? Each one according to his works. Now, wait a minute. We've talked about grace. We've talked about heaven. We've talked about what is this works? 1 Peter 1.17. And if you call upon the Father who without partiality. See, God is the same. He has never changed. And he's a righteous uh, God. If you call upon the Father... With who without partiality judges according, there it is again, to each one's works. Conduct yourself throughout your stay in fear. In fear, not necessarily of not being saved, but of what's coming. Matthew 16, 27. For the man, uh, I'm sorry, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels. And then he will reward each according to his works. Now, you have absolutely no chance of changing everything that's happened back here. None. It's done. You have the rest of your life to change what happens in the future. 
Revelation 22, 12, and behold, I am coming quickly, and I believe he is, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his slash her work. It is important how you spend your time here. And so as we turn the corner and we start to come around to the finales of this message, Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasures are, there there also will your heart be. So where's your heart today? You know, we all walk in, we all see each other. God sees our heart. Where's your heart today? God is a just God, and he will judge accordingly. He never changes. Thank God. Matthew 6, 1, 4. Matthew 6, 1, 4. Do good to please God. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And listen to this. Listen to this. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you. God himself will reward you. So now let's look at and talk about, because this is spoken to you. This is spoken to me. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are a disciple of Christ to some level. And some may still be, and it doesn't matter, doesn't matter where you are today. What matters is where are you going tomorrow and the next day. Some may be elementary in their understanding of doctrine. Some may be at a high school level. Some may be collegiate. Some may be doctors. But this is spoken to you and I. We are the church of Jesus Christ. So listen to this. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is right before he ascended. Go Therefore, and the therefore means because I am now in control. I have the authority. I'm telling you to go and do what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you to the end of the age. Now, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that if we spend an hour a week at church? We don't study our Bibles. We don't come together and pray. We don't get together and begin to train and equip our saints. Somebody asked at the business meeting, what's the vision of this church? You're the church. The vision is to equip the saints and to evangelize the world wherever we are. That's our vision. That's what God is telling us to do. 
How are you doing today in fulfilling the Great Commission? I have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do. As we close, we're going to have an altar call. We're going to sing a song, Oh, Come to the Altar. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, will you come? Will you come? If you know Jesus Christ this morning and you've laid down your cross and you've walked away from your faith, you're struggling, you're angry, you're bitter, you're upset, you have issues, will you come? The day of his return is coming. The day of our death is unknown. You have today. You have today. Will you come?